Welcome. Did you say, oh, dear, when I walked up here? I saw that. Oh, you just saw the hashtag. How did you miss it? That really, like, like my feelings got really hurt. I walked up and like, oh, crud, it's him. All right, I'm going to try to get over it. So, so, I'm Pastor Mark. You can all groan, I guess, so you know, oh, dear, you know, that, that I am here. But uh, uh, this today is uh, in between uh, our a really long series of Sermon on the Mount, right? And, and next week, we're starting uh, Pathways, hashtag. And uh, the staff and, and I really just talked about what would be the most valuable Sunday that we could have in, in between. And we came up with really this question, why Pathways? The reality is we've been doing Pathways for many, many years. But the other reality is that that in American culture, you may not know this, in American culture today, do you know that churches uh, 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 have a 25% um, uh, overturn, I guess, every single year just because of our culture is so uh, transient, like people just getting other jobs and moving and, and all of this thing. So statistically, you know, basically you have uh, every four years, there's a whole brand new church. I mean, obviously, there's been people here who've been longer, here longer than four years, but, but statistically, every four years, you have, you know, a bunch of, of new people. Really, uh, every, every year, 25% of the people who've been part of your church uh, go. So, we realize that a lot of people um, really don't have the context of why we do Pathways as a, as a journey, as a church uh, together every single year. And, and why is this such an important thing to us? And, and, and just what is it? And why do we do it? And all of these kind of things. So today I, I've been given the opportunity to share about why Pathways is important. Uh, Really starting, starting out, we've been called by Jesus uh, in Matthew 28 to go to all nations and make disciples of them, uh, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach these new believers uh, uh, all the commands that Jesus had given them. And and this is a tall order, but also this is really a 30,000-foot kind of uh, elevation look at discipleship. Jesus doesn't really, in this section, really tell us how or how this all happens. You know, what do you do? And the reality is that, that discipleship and moving closer to Jesus is, is very individualized. There there are as many ways to uh, move toward Jesus as there are unique people. And this has become uh, really clear to me as, as I've been a pastor, and really in Baptism Sundays when I hear different people's stories on how they've uh, come to Christ and how they've grown into Christ. You know, I used to think that everybody came to Jesus the same way, the way I did. I know, shocking. You want to hear something even more shocking? Everybody doesn't come to Jesus the way you did either. It's very, very unique, and it just shows how big our God is. 
and, and how loving he is that, that uh, really we don't all start from the same place and find one path and, and get to Jesus. Now, Jesus is the only way, but there are lots of ways to Jesus. Does that make sense? And to illustrate that, uh, I need uh, three volunteers, um, if, if, uh, if we could. Uh, Paula, you're always good for a volunteer. Come on, <laughs> on over here. And uh, Rebecca and Troy. Okay, cool. Come on up here. Come on up here. So, uh, this is very chivalrous of you. So, <laughs> let's make... Uh, Paula, yes, you're going to be Jesus. There you go. Rebecca, why don't you go over there, Troy? Okay, cool. Here, in order for this to work, okay, no, no, no. You stay here, Jesus. Okay. Most respectfully as I can, you know, I'm not, yeah. so, okay. So a lot of times we, we think about, about following Jesus from just the one aspect of, of okay, how do I get to Jesus? And this is, I believe, has caused a lot of issues in discipleship, in, in teaching people on how to follow Jesus, because people start from different places. You think about the hundreds of people who are part of the Element 3 community and how different they are. Believe me, you are all very different individuals. I mean, politically, spiritually, Social economically, I mean, just all over the map, and uh, and the the one kind of common thing or the common thing is we're all coming together to seek out Jesus and what He has envisioned for our life. So, Mike, uh, try um, take a step. Toward Jesus. You're sidestepping toward Jesus? You had me sideways, so. No. I, I, like, if I said take a step toward Jesus, how would you do it? Okay, you would do it very regimentedly. All right, so this is our fundamentalist in this, in this, in this uh, example. Okay. Rebecca, please take a step toward Jesus. All right. We got our charismatic, so uh, everything. So she hopped to the left, and 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 Troy took a very stiff step into Jesus. Now, from your perspective, did she step toward Jesus the same way that you did in the same direction? No, opposite, actually, if you think about it. And and from your perspective, did Troy? move toward Jesus the way that you probably would have before you saw how brilliant it was. Okay. Okay. Now, I want you guys to go back away from Jesus. Back away from Jesus. Okay. Now, as a show of hands, as you've been trying to follow Jesus, how many of you have walked directly toward Jesus? One, two, three, four. So, okay. For most of us, myself inclu included, that 
going toward Jesus uh, often looks a lot more like take a step that way. And Rebecca, take a step toward the mic, please. Don't fall over those speakers and everything. Take another. There we go. And so what are some observations that, that you see? Would you say that this is more realistic? You kind of jig and jog and, and move back and forth as you try to move toward Jesus. Because we all have past baggage. We all have past hurts. We've had... Uh, teachings that 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 have maybe led us astray, that that things in our in our lives like just bad things have happened and, and have hurt us spiritually. So, as we we may want to move toward Jesus, uh, you know, as closely as we can, but the reality is sometimes we get off. So, what are some ob- observations as they've taken a step toward Jesus? What what did they what actually happened here? Okay, there was obstacles, and she had to step over and move. So she, you know, and that could be emotional or spiritual or or just, you know, she maybe she's having a bad day at work, which would never happen. But but uh, you know things like that. What are some other things happen as as they took a step in the general direction of Jesus? <laughs> Well, there's an end to the path, right? Like you can get so far off that you'll 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 fall over. Okay. They got closer, even though they didn't take a direct step. My influence, because I'm such an awesome pastor, even though I wasn't able to get them right to Jesus, <laughs> they took a step in the general right direction, and they're actually closer to Jesus than than they were. Okay, one last observation what happened, and this to me is super cool. Who said that? I can't. Is that Mike? They got closer. They got closer to each other. Yeah, they got, they actually, and as skippity skip skip as she is, and as like regimented as he is, they actually. Even they didn't take the, the most efficient step toward Jesus or the best step toward Jesus. They actually got closer to Jesus, but they also got closer to each other. And uh, I think when uh, a lot of times we get confused and, and in discipleship, we look into like skipping. There's no skipping in discipleship or, or you know, or why are you so stiff, man? Just, you know, relax. That we get focused, you know. But when we focus on Jesus and we take the best step, that's just making us all uncomfortable. (laughs) As we take a step toward Jesus, as best as we can, we get closer to Jesus, but we also get closer to each other. And in essence, that's what we're trying to do in Pathways. We thank these three wonderful individuals. <laughs> and I think as we, as we embark on that, that, that's one of the most crystal kind of, the, like the most crystal catalyst kind of things that we, we have to remember 
that, that in a journey of discipleship as we move forward toward Jesus, that, that people are going to move in, in many times opposite directions uh, than us, but they're going to the focal point of Jesus. And there's a huge difference between self-realized holiness and sin management and, and following Jesus. And Paul talks a little bit about this uh, self-realized holiness in Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. And I just want to talk about it a little bit. Paul writes, So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules, listen now, for these rules are only shadows of the reality to come. They're only shadows of the reality to come. And Christ himself is that reality. Now, this is critical. This is, Paul here is putting in proper perspective that that religion tells us to try to uh, realize some level of of self-piety or self-realized holiness in order to be more like Christ. But Paul is reorienting ourselves to say, no, you follow Jesus and you get closer to Jesus, and as a result, he makes you holy. Verse 18, don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying that they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments, and it grows as God nourishes it. And then verse 20, you have died with Christ, and he has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following the rules of the world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? Such rules are mere human teachings about things that deteriorate as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, pious self-denial, and severe bodily discipline. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire. Let me read that last sentence again. But they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desires. Again, what Paul is, is with words trying to paint a picture is when we try to do it on our own, when our goal is to be more holy or be more pious or or be more religious, that in essence that we are not achieving what we're probably hoping to achieve, and that is to conquer our evil desires. This is the whole kind of picture of the gospel that, that we need to follow Jesus, that we need to follow his teachings, that we need to follow him in person and word and in deed. And as we relentlessly pursue Jesus, that these other things will be taken care of as we get closer and closer to him. And this is really at the heart of pathways is 
that we're taking six weeks as a church, and we are trying to put together a journey toward Jesus. We're not trying to do sin management. We're not trying to get anybody to quit anything. What we're trying to do is orient, orientate everyone toward Jesus, no matter where they are politically or spiritually or emotionally or economically or intellectually. Then again, there's many paths to Jesus, but Jesus is indeed the only way to God the Father. And pathways is a way to, to acknowledge that what we have experienced and seen in different people's lives and try to say, you know what? All of us, if we turn toward Jesus and take our best step toward Jesus as we can, two things are going to happen. Even if we're not dead on, if we don't have it right, we're going to get closer to Jesus. And number two, no matter where we are in that spectrum, as we take a step closer to Jesus, we're taking a step closer to one another. And that's what we're trying to accomplish. Now, how does this all work together? Well, probably like 10 years ago with the original idea of Pathways that we went and talked to a bunch of people that we thought we respected their journey as they followed Jesus. And we asked them quite like, well, what are some ways that you find yourself that have been helpful for you along your journey? And, and, and they told us several different things. As each year of Pathways, you know, we've, we've talked to more people and we've tried some things that have worked well for our community. We have tried some things that not, have not worked so well for our community. And, and each year we come together and we try to put our best thinking together to make the best community journey that we can toward Jesus. And I want to share with you guys some of the rationale of, or, or kind of our philosophy on how we put this together. And it, it actually uh, comes from a book uh, that I read many years ago called Switch by uh, Chip and Dan Heath. Anybody read that? You should. It's wonderful. Uh, uh, but, they, but they also, in that book, they refer to uh, a philosopher named... Um, Jonathan, Jonathan Haidt, and he came up with this, this illustration of how people actually change. How, how do people successfully change and change their lives? And essentially, this is what we're talking about. It's like, how do you make change? How do you change when change is hard? Because the reality is that, you know, we've all created kind of coping mechanisms that we know aren't necessarily good for us, and, uh, and, and we rely on those instead of relying on Jesus. So how do we make the switch from relying on our coping mechanisms to actually relying on Jesus? That's the, you know, that's the big question. Well, Basically, they broke it down into some imagery that hopefully it's been very helpful for me and hopefully it's helpful for you. And the imagery is this, that imagine there's a rider uh, sitting on top of an elephant going along a path to a destination, 
okay? Now, the rider uh, symbolizes our intellect, okay? The elephant symbolizes our emotional state, person. And the path is basically our environment in which we are in, okay? So, I'm a 200-ish pound guy. An elephant is about six tons. Okay. So, if I'm riding an elephant, and you see me riding that elephant, you may think that I'm in control because I'm on the saddle and I have the reins and everything. But the reality is, I'm only in control as long as that elephant chooses to let me be in control. Because if something spooks that elephant, that, that I'm just going along for the ride because there's nothing I can do about it. And if you think about it, this is, every time you've tried to make a positive change in your life and failed, this is what has happened. That, that your intellect, the rider says, you know what, I'm going to learn Spanish. Or I'm going to learn to play the piano. Or I'm going to, you know, become slim and beautiful. Or I'm going to, you know, uh, become a philanthropist. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to save for retirement. And all of these kind of these, these things that people would be like, you know what? Those are good things. Like any thinking person would say, yeah, saving money is good. You know, not, you know, uh, eating garbage is good. You know, all, all of these things that we'd all agree that our writers say, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, quitting smoking would be good. So why aren't we all rich philanthropists who are thin and beautiful and, and speaking Spanish and playing the piano? It's the elephant's fault. Right? It's the elephant in the room. It's the elephant's fault. Think about it. And this is where it, where it comes down to. This is, I'll just give you an example of my life. Okay? I want to be a 190-pound pastor, not a 200-pound pastor. Okay? You may not care. I care. Why? Because I want to. Okay? That's all the reason you need to know. Because uh, I want to be a 190-pound pastor. Okay, my me as the writer say, well, okay, I know how to do that. I've been a 190-pound pastor before. I know the, the way to do that. The problem is my daughter works at Trader Joe's. <laughs> and my daughter brings home Reese's peanut butter cup ice cream and puts it in the, the freezer. And when my wife is at work and my daughter's at work and my son is off somewhere, my elephant takes me to that freezer <laughs> and takes its trunk and grabs the ice cream and forces me to eat it. That, that elephant, it's the elephant's fault. But this is the reality, right? I know better. Nobody needs to tell me eating Reese's peanut butter cup of coffee is not coffee or whatever. <laughs> that sounds good too. Is not is is 
not going to make me a 190-pound pastor. That eating that is going to make me a 205-pound pastor. I, 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 the writer understands that. But the elephant is strong. So all of us here is before we begin the journey of pathways, I mean, think about it. who here would say, no, I don't want to be uh, closer to Jesus and, and, and be more, more of the incarnate presence of Jesus in six weeks than I am right now. All of us as followers of Christ better say, yeah, you know what? I want that. The, the issue is our elephants. And as we, as we move forward, because life is going to happen in the next six weeks. Your boss is going to be a jerk. You're going to have a deadline. You're, 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 you know, something's going to happen with our families. That, that uh, there's, you know, even we have good intentions of, of fully going on this journey that, that things are going to happen. So how do we overcome that? Well, the next thing that we need to think about is, you know, the elephant isn't always bad, right? I mean, there's a reason that the rider rides an elephant. The elephant can take the rider places that the, the rider can't go. And, and, and the elephant is able to do things that the rider can't do. And you think about it, the elephant is what motivates us to love people unconditionally. Intellectually, it doesn't make sense, but it's the elephant that does that. The elephant motivates us to protect our loved ones uh, against uh, harm. The elephant uh, moves us to great spiritual acts. And so it's, you know, the writer isn't, isn't, you know, the good guy or the good gal, and the elephant is, is the bad elephant, because the elephant is critically important, that we are holistic beings, that God said, love me with all of your heart, your emotions, your, your mind, your, your intellect, your, your uh, soul, your spirit, all your strength, your body, and, and socially love your neighbor as, as yourself, right? So we, we are these complex spiritual creatures that, that, that God has knit us together. And, and saying, okay, so how do we get the, the rider and the elephant to work together to go along this path of, of being healthy spiritually and emotionally and intellectually and socially? How do, we, how do we do all of those things? You know, for those of you who are, you know, are still thinking the elephant is bad and the, uh, the rider isn't bad, you know, that, or, or is always in the, in the right. I mean, think about uh, people who may uh, be flip-flopped and are not very emotional people and, and are very intellectual. A lot of times they, they do a lot of the, lot of the thinking and they're, and, they're, and they're very strict in everything, but sometimes it's very hard for them to move from that intellectual pursuit into a tangible, uh, real-life kind of movement, right, of something actually tangibly happily, happening. Uh, like a real easy example is, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a meeting or uh, with a bunch of people, and there, sometimes there's people in those meetings who 
they don't ever want to come to a conclusion and, and decision. They want to keep on rehashing all of the different options. And it, at some point, you know, people are like, you know what? We just got to act. We got to do something with this information. Probably like something like in all of our lives that we've probably experienced is going out to eat with somebody who takes 20 plus minutes to order something and then they ask the, the, the server what they like and then they deliberate about it for like 20 more minutes and it just keeps on going. Anybody ever experienced that, Tanya? Anybody not ever experienced that? That person? That's because it's you. <laughs> They order so quickly, you know. <laughs> so we have this rider, all of us. We have this elephant, all of us. And the reality is that the rider and the elephant can only go where there is a path. The most crazy, you know, out of control elephant is going to take, just naturally is going to take the path that is going, is, it has the least resistance. And this is the idea of pathways, that we are trying to acknowledge and understand that life happens. And this pastoral staff and the staff of Element 3 and, and a bunch of, of uh, those who are just part of the church, we've come together and worked months to try to create a path for all of us to be successful. And, you know, just like in the ice cream example, you know, to create a path for uh, if I just lived on my own, which I don't, and I'm thankful that I don't, but, uh, but it would be easier when my elephant is raging and wanting the ice cream and is taking me over there that there would be no ice cream in the, in, in the, the freezer. And that would create a pathway for success. So the same is true spiritually. Yeah, is trying to create a pathway for success. Because Jesus says, look, you know, go, you know, and make mature, mobilize, fully devoted followers of Christ. That's essentially, you know, a paraphrase of Matthew 28. And, and it's like, yeah, let's do that. But if we don't have instruction, if we don't, haven't created the pathways to make that happen, we may have good intention to do it. But it is the writer's responsibility to think about how that all works together. And that's what we're doing in Pathways. So essentially, there's going to be three things that we've put into Pathways, and hopefully we've done this, you know, um, with excellence that all of us can go on this pathway. Number one, we uh, are trying to uh, direct the writer. What often looks like resistance is often a lack of clarity, okay? So we want to convince your writers, you know, that, that, hey, you know what? We're not just saying, be more like Christ in six weeks. Okay, go. See you in six weeks, right? We as a church are coming together and saying, okay, how can we do this? We want to bring clarity for that and understanding that we're all coming from different places, but... And even if, you know, what our church is doing isn't going to give you the, you know, the absolute, you know, most efficient way to Jesus, that you will be closer to Jesus and you will be closer to others 
by the end of six weeks. Number two, motivate the elephant. You know, a lot of times uh, what looks like laziness is often exhaustion, that we're just spiritually tired. We're, try, we're tired of trying to just do it on our own and make it, and make it happen. And, uh, you know, and really a lot of times, you know, we think, you know, the rider can only force our elephant to do something for so long. And we understand it is critical for us to uh, all uh, convince our elephants that, that this is a partnership where we're going together because, you know what, the rider can plan something, but if the elephant doesn't buy into it, we're not going to go. The elephant will not go. The elephant will go where it wants. And then finally, shape the path. You know, what looks like a problem, like, uh, you know, oh, we're just not growing spiritually or something like that is, is not a people problem. It's just a situation problem. We have food in our refrigerator that we shouldn't have for success or, or we don't have, we haven't presented or created a situation for us to be successful. And this is what in pathways that we're trying to accomplish. So why pathways? I mean, just like just flat out why pathways? This is really it. What, whether the health you seek, if it's, if it's uh, a deeper relationship with God to be more Christ-like, to get closer to your friends and family, or if there's something in you that, that, that you want to stop coping and start having freedom in Christ, that we need to have these three things happen, that we need to convince your writer that this is the time that we have to convince your elephant that, that you know what, this is the right safe path to go, and we should go down this, and to say, you know, we as a church have, have come together, and we have created something that, is, uh, that will achieve the ultimate result, and that's becoming more like Jesus. I just want to share a couple of more verses with you, and then just close out with uh, five things that I'm just going to ask you to do over the next six weeks. Uh, Ephesians 4, 12 talks about our responsibility uh, as, as pastors. And I just want to share with you scripturally what our responsibility is. Our responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. And really, pathways, this is our best thinking and our best work for our community in order to equip you to build up the body of Christ and be like Jesus. The second thing is this is more for your, your elephant. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 12 and 13. So take a new grip with your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. You know, this idea that, you know what? I know that some of you are tired. And Pathways is not something for you to do but it's something for you to be and to experience. And then verse 13, this is for your writer. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. And again, 
us marking out a path that we can be successful, that we can be uh, encouraged and in our minds can engage, but also a, a path that's safe for our elephant. And here are the five things that I'd really like you over the next six weeks uh, for you to, your writer to, uh, to, to uh, commit to. Uh, number one, Next week, uh, we'll be having our Pathways journals uh, available for you to pick it up. I'd ask you to pick one up. And for the next six weeks, uh, we have created a six-week journey, a journal and journey in this, in this journal. I believe, you know, we've done a lot of these, and each year it gets better. I'm really excited about this one. It's more of a workbook, and it's designed for you to bring on Sundays and it's designed for you to bring to your, uh, your growth groups, and it's designed for you to work in. And uh, there's personal aspects of it. There's, there's community aspects of it. But uh, we want you to, to, this to be basically your guide and your roadmap and, and to really invest in it and, and bring it along with you. We'd also, you know, ask you to come to as many of the six uh, worship gatherings as, as you can on the, the six Sunday worship gatherings. That obviously, you know, some, we won't be all, can't make all of them, uh, but, but, you know, the ones that you can, you know, make sure you're there. Sign up for a growth group, a Pathways growth group, and do this in community. This is super important. That, that again, Having those smaller group experiences and those people who are able to speak into your lives and, and say, hey, you know, what's going on? And to have these deeper conversations are absolutely essential. Uh, the next one is next week, uh, we will have pathway shirts for everyone. This. And as you can see, it's hashtag if you didn't pick that up. Uh, and uh, I'll explain that a little bit. But. But you know what? Wear your, your pathway shirt when it makes sense, you know, out and around town. It's not so much important that you wear it here. We know that you're on the journey if you're here. This is more for other people to create conversation. You can still wear it on Sunday. That's fine. But wash it and then wear it again somewhere else, you know, uh, that, that, you know, we want, we want to create conversation. This journey is for our church, but we also want to invite other people along the journey. Uh, the next one is uh, to attend and serve at, at our different Connexity events during Pathways, our community events. We've planned some ones that are hopefully uh, going to move us along the path and move us closer to Jesus and to one another. And those always take a lot of energy, so we always need, you know, a lot of people to serve, and, and, and the more people that come to them, uh, the, the better they are. There's just more people, or it's more fun. It's just as simple as, as that. And then finally, uh, and this is going to be hard for some of you. It's not going to be so hard for others of you. I want to really encourage you to post and, and share uh, uh, posts throughout the week about pathways. Not only what's happening on Sunday, but what's happening in your growth groups. Uh, share it on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Um, 
use the hashtag uh, E3PW15, or if you want to, uh, if you want to tag or make sure that we see it, use the at E3 right now. Uh, you know, this is twofold. Again, this is great for our community, so we can we can follow along on what's happening in in different growth groups and what other people are thinking. It prompts conversation, but also it allows people uh, outside of our community to see what's, what Jesus is doing here. And it, it's, it's a soft invitation for people to participate. Now, why Pathways hashtag, why the name this year? Uh, you know, the internet is a vast thing, and, and, and the, the hashtag is, is an interesting kind of phenomenon. I don't know who invented it. I, I, I mused Al Gore, but I got lots of groans in the, in the, in the first gathering, so I won't say that this gathering. Uh, uh, but hashtags are, because like, the internet, if you haven't noticed, there's a lot of different information out there, right? And hashtag has been a way to find what's important to you. You know, you can see what's trending by hashtags and find out what's important to culture. Uh, hashtags help us uh, uh, find what's important to us, and that's what we're going to be doing through Pathways Hashtag this year is finding what is important for a follower of Christ to focus on. So uh, that's why it's uh, Pathways Hashtag this year and just we're going to just kind of revolve it around that whole idea is how we find something that is important. So, again, my big, my big ask is to fully participate. To, to, uh, I want you to trust that we have uh, put a lot of prayer and time into the journal and into the journey. And we want to encourage you guys, uh, your writer and your elephant, to go along the path that we have created. Will you pray with me? Thank you.